Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, um, it's a week ago now, but Joan and I just got back from a trip to Europe, and we went for two weeks. And we were proud of ourselves, Joan particularly proud, that she was able to pack and get on all her stuff into a carry-on, plus a little bit. I mean, it was a challenge, but when you go for two weeks somewhere, you got to bring some stuff. You got to bring clothes, you got to bring shoes, you got to bring stuff to uh, take care of what you do every day. And it all goes into what's called luggage. And it's called luggage for a reason. You have to lug it everywhere you go. Now, traveling through an airport, um, well, not too much problem. It's flat for the most part. And you got wheels. But when you go to Europe, the roads are not flat. Uh, they are not all accessible. You got stairs, you're going to have to carry it. You got cobblestones, you're going to have to deal with it. We went to Venice, they have canals. They're not all built for luggage. You have to lug it over top. So it was a little bit of a workout just to get the stuff where you needed to go. And by the end, uh, it's like, okay, pretty much done with it. There are other times, and we have a lot of that here, a lot of young kids. And there's times I see dads with a bag slung over their shoulder, maybe even both ways if they're you know, intensive kids. And then a carrier in one hand and maybe something else in a free hand. And they just look like a pack mule, completely laden down for the journey. I mean, that is what, it, just, just to take a kid two blocks, that's what you have to bring, so it seems. So there's a lot of times that we are heavy laden in the literal sense but I, I get the feeling as Jesus speaks in this gospel lesson that the literal sense of physically laden is, is not what he's speaking about. He's speaking about other burdens that we tend to carry around. Powerful, emotional ones. They could be the burden of grief. They could be the burden of guilt. It could be the burden of fear and anxiety or of responsibility that you feel that you must carry the world on your shoulders. And that kind of luggage, that kind of baggage, really wears one down. But our gospel lesson uh, speaks to that. Where Jesus says, in a nutshell, a lot of those things that you're carrying around, you can sort of drop off at my feet. I take care of that luggage. I'm your porter for that. And you can carry out something else, something smaller that I will give to you. So let's take a look at the gospel. If you've got a Bible or a Bible app handy, you may want to go back to Matthew 11. And actually before uh, where we started to read, we started to read at 25 just the paragraph before that, and it gives you a sense of the context in which Jesus says these words. He starts off and he's angry. 
he says to three cities, Bethsaida, Chorazin, and Capernaum, which was his base of operations in Galilee. He says to them, if I did the miracles that I did in you, in places like Tyre and Sidon, which are two pagan cities that were destroyed, or even worse, Sodom and Gomorrah, if I had done that stuff there, those people would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But because you didn't, you saw with your own eyes, you rationalized it away, you depended on your own wisdom and self-righteousness. Because of that, it's going to be more bearable for you in the judgment than for those places. Now, I don't know how that's possible, do you? I don't really want to find out what's more bearable, hell or maybe a slightly cooler place in hell. I'm not sure what Jesus has in mind. But he simply is giving it to these cities. And that brings you to the beginning of, of what Auburn read here and really makes the first sentence much more shocking. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. We get used to the idea of of God wanting to save all, and that's not lip service. And we know that the death of Jesus Christ is big enough for, for all, and that's not a lie. Yet... Paul talks about faith, and he says, The mystery of faith is great, which I as a pastor go, Amen, if you can explain it to me, I would love to to know. Why is it that those things can be true, and yet so few people be saved? Why can there be a Bethsaida and a Chorazin and a Capernaum, and for that matter, probably the vast majority of Newburgh and Evansville. How, what stops the Holy Spirit from breaking through? Now, it's clear, even from our own texts, we don't have to go to another place, though you could, to see that it takes God to get through to you for you to believe at all. Now, I would say that the story of Jesus got a lot of physical proof to to show that it's real. And um, the promise of God has got a whole long history of God being faithful. So that shouldn't be hard, but but it speaks to the damage that has been done by sin to human beings that that Jesus can, can say... No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We don't just go and and seize hold of God. God's got to go and find us and, and seize hold of us. And in some cases, he either can't or he won't. And it seems... It seems that one of the or one of the groups of things that really puts God off is is self righteousness. It is 
smug pride. It is the feeling that we know better than God. And when that attitude floats around, God can not only take a pass, he can shut you down. What he wants instead, he says, is childlike faith. You've kept it from the wise and the understanding and have revealed it to little children. So does that mean that we have to be sort of naive to be Christian? Is is that what I'm gathering from it? Does it mean that if you're going to believe, you're going to have to believe when you're a child? Because once you're an adult, it's, it's too late, it's gone. I don't think either of those are true. What Jesus is pulling out about children is this. They are willing to trust. Sometimes to a fault, maybe, in this world. But when it comes to God, God wants to be trusted. It's what Adam and Eve didn't do. They, they concluded that God was not trustworthy. And it has precipitated this whole mess that we call our world. God wishes to be trusted. And if there's resistance, he may keep trying or he may shut a person down. To those who receive, receive Christ because of a childlike faith, Jesus goes on and says these words that I've really wanted to focus on. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think there's a lot of groups and a lot of ways to be weary and heavy laden. But I'd like to just pick out three that I think are biggies. One, you could be well aware of your sinfulness. And yet... Forgiveness seems like a a gift too far. That you can't accept it for yourself. I can't be forgiven. I've done too much. I got too much of a history. There is no way for me. That's a heavy burden. And then you could be people or person who has found life now to be joyless. And think of yourself as a being who's here without purpose. And that is crushing because people need a purpose. Or you could be a person who's lived a whole long life, being very comfortable with the idea that, that death is the end. And yet, as you come kind of cruising up to the end, That doesn't sound like a very great worldview anymore. And now you are troubled because you see no hope for life after death. And all those, and I think several others, Jesus says, I can take that burden. That's your bag. I can carry that bag. He's the one who has already taken the bag, believe it or not, to the cross as far as our sins, long before we even existed. 
He's the one who's created you and knows you. And if you're willing to work in his kingdom, he says, I got a project for you. I got a God-given purpose. I'll, I'll even shape you to do it. And he's the one who says, not only is there life after death, what a life. I have prepared things for you that you cannot even conceive of. I have opened the door wide open. I have kicked Satan out the door and made space for you in heaven. And there's going to be heaven and there's going to be a new earth is all yours. Because I love you. That's what Jesus says. But he also says here, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everybody understands what a yoke is, right? I mean, even amongst kids, it's the thing you put on an animal. I mean, we don't have beasts of burden. So yokes are generally the yellow stuff inside of an egg. But, but this is something maybe you have to go look in a history book for. Um, that yoke, Y-O-K-E, that sits on your shoulder and, and you pull with it. It is saying that there is a pulling, but it, in this case, he says the yoke's easy. And I will say to you again, this is nothing that is a prerequisite for God's love, nothing that is a prerequisite for salvation. You do have a modest yoke in regard to the preservation of our faith and connection to Jesus. God gives you the faith. He gives you all the tools. That's what the Lord's Supper is for. That's what God's word is for. It is assisted by our gathering together as a congregation. It is assisted by our learning how to pray and finding out that we are actually talking and communicating with the living God. When you got that in your head, you don't have anything to worry. It's an easy yoke. And then there's the easy yoke of becoming a more Christ-like representative. Now, for some of us, we might look at this and say, that's not easy in light because I'm a, a dumpster fire when it comes to my personality or whatever. But God says, you know what? I realize the whole church is corrupt as far as being sinful. And I realize that human beings are going to be hypocrites. But you can become much more consistent in who you are to what I teach just by receiving the promised characteristics, the promised aspects of the divine nature Pursue such things as love and joy and peace and patience, and I will make them emerge in you. It's not that hard. And then, of course, there's the purpose one. The things that God prepares you for, on some levels, those can be big things and hard things. But because it's the Holy Spirit working through you, it's not that heavy of yoke at all. And who's driving you? Um, 
Think of yourself as a little donkey, okay? And you got this yoke, and you're pulling something. Is Jesus the person out in front of you going, here's a carrot, come along? Or is he standing behind you going, boom, move it! No, Jesus is all carrot, no stick, right? He is gentle and humble in heart, more of a coach than a taskmaster. The real heavy lifting, he did. And in the Old Testament lesson, which we normally associate with Palm Sunday, we see Jesus coming humbly himself, and he's got some real bags. Now, the luggage, the disciples are not carrying the luggage. Jesus is. Because he has on him the sin of the whole world. And he understands what he is there to do. His death on the cross takes care of so many, many things. Not only eternal life. In that text, he says, I'm going to take away the war horse from Ephraim and the battle bull from Jerusalem or vice versa. I forget which one it is. Same idea. There will be a time when there will be no more war. Jesus' victory made possible the new heaven and new earth when it's ready for that. He goes on also to, to say that I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. A lot of people, I think, struggle with that. It seems pretty obtuse. I am quite sure that what it is, is he's saying, you know all those Old Testament people who are faithful and trusted me for a promise? They've been spending their time kind of cooling their heels in Sheol, and now I'm going to set them free, and they will be free. And he says to them, And he says to you, return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. All the struggles of life, all that you may or may not carry for the kingdom of God, will it be worth it? Oh yeah, it'll be worth it. God will restore to us, and this is probably a gross understatement, double. Because God is good and God is giving. So, to summarize the application of this, if you find yourself weighed down by whatever it is, consider Jesus' offer to carry your bags. You don't even have to tip. Turn over your baggage. Accept from him a different kind of yoke that's easy. And walk with him through the course of life toward double. However that manifests itself. Because that is the nature of who God is. And that's who God feels about you. If he can get through to you even though you haven't seen any of the miracles, and give you 
faith. In Jesus' name, amen.